0: I am hosting a retreat in Tulum, Mexico, in paradise this October, called Bloom in Tulum. It's a five-day, all-inclusive, personal and professional growth retreat for ambitious, big-hearted women who are ready to step into their power with grace, support, and confidence. So my two biz besties and I dreamed up this magical retreat over sushi a few months back, and after lots of planning, it's actually happening. We have mapped out a thoughtful itinerary with lots of downtime to make the most of this beautiful paradise beachside location and also set you up for a powerful and memorable experience of growth. There's only 20 spots available and all three of us are promoting it to our full community. So that's like over 50,000 people. So I imagine the spots will fill very quickly. If you are interested in joining us, in Bloom in Tulum. Go to bloomintulum.com for all the details and to complete your application. Also know that early bird pricing ends on June 30th. So it's a really good time to secure your spot and save some money. I mean, honestly, like how fun would it be to hang out in person at a gorgeous, luxurious, all-inclusive in October? So head to Bloom in Tulum. That's B-L-O-O-M in Tulum. T-U-L-U-M. com for all the details and complete your application.
1: I think for whatever reason, marketers who make us think this, that variety is better for kids. They need more. They need more opportunities, like more variety, different textures, different everything. It spreads them so thin that they don't really get to master their skills, which is a big Montessori concept of like mastery. Mm-hmm. And I think is something that even a lot of adults, they're missing, right? the ability to go deep with something and really master a skill or master anything, a relationship, your Mm -hmm. finances, your health. It's like, what can we jump to next and next and next and next?
0: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 333. Today, we're talking about resolving to declutter with Krista Lockwood. welcome to the mindful mama podcast here it's about becoming a less irritable more joyful parent at mindful mama we know that you can give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm so glad you are here. We are going to be having our last of our New Year's resolution series. And today is about something I feel like what I always need to do is decluttering. But listen, if you haven't done so yet, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Mindful Mama podcast. And if if you've ever gotten any value from this podcast, please do me a favor, go to the Apple podcast, leave us a rating and a review. It makes such a big difference. It gets the podcast out to more people, helps their algorithm show it to more people. It'll take 30 seconds. I greatly, greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Krista Lockwood, founder of Motherhood Simplified, and she helps moms declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. And listen, if you spend a ton of time picking things up every day, or if you get frustrated by Cluttered House, this is a great episode for you. Super inspirational. You know, in Mindful Parenting, we focus on finding balance and simplifying is part of the Mindful Parenting course. It's important. Peace is to have a an environment that promotes peace and ease. So I'm so excited today to talk to Krista Lockwood about how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist and finding more balance. So I'm excited about this. It may have to do with less toys. Also, giving we're going to talk about giving yourself some boundaries. There are so many great nuggets here. So join me at the table as I talk to Krista Lockwood. Okay, so something you said on your Instagram page really resonated with me, which is you can always get more money. You can always get more stuff, but you can't get more time. Once it's gone, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I'm so interested in like protecting my time and having be having time abundance in my life. And I really love that. And I, would wonder, I was wondering if you could just talk to how that relates to decluttering, right? Because this is about resolving to get some clutter out of our lives. So, So how does that relate?
1: Yes. So especially for moms, one of our most valuable resources is our time, right? Our time doing all the things that you have to do as a mom, first of all, but our time actually spent with our kids. And so one of the things that I noticed right away once I started teaching moms how to declutter is that the most immediate focus of loss would be on the loss of like money and the loss of the things that they need. And no one was really understanding or seeing the connection between how much time they're losing every single day by not decluttering, right? Because you're spending so much time cleaning up the same things over and over again, spending your nights and your weekends, especially if you work outside of the home, just trying to catch up. So much time spent organizing your kids toys or your clothes or the laundry and sorting through everything just to have it all come undone in minutes. And so I'm so glad that you brought this up because it's really easy to focus on, on the money, right? Especially because when you declutter, it almost feels like you're losing the money twice, right? You lost the money mm-hmm. when you spent it in the first place and then you're losing it again and it almost feels worse to lose it when you let it go and realize that it doesn't really have a strong purpose or value in your life. And you have to let that go. And a lot of times we just see dollars. And so I really like to help moms mm-hmm. shift into seeing how the clutter in the home actually makes them spend their time. And it's in all of those tiny little ways. Yeah. We don't want to waste our dollars. And a
0: lot of us were taught by like parents or grandparents, maybe who grew up in the depression and they, they're just like obsessive about not wasting food or not wasting money, but yeah, there's a waste of time. And, and that, that is really the only thing that we can't get back when we're, I mean, I would, I don't want to spend all my time. I mean, I don't want to spend my time like organizing a garage. Like that sounds really like, that's not how I want to live my life. Mm
1: -hmm. And I mean, not only are you spending more time on like organizing your stuff and shifting it around, but you're also spending more money, like spend, like getting your stuff organized and put into sorted bins and shelves and all that is also expensive. The organization industry has grown. The last statistic that I can remember off the top of my head from 2017, it's grown by like 32%. So that industry of just like bins and shelves and over the door hangers is growing exponentially because we have so much stuff. So it's consuming our time. It's consuming our money that we are worried about losing in the first place. And just, it's, it really spirals.
0: I know I, th- there's a, uh, for me, like, there's like a sort of quote I, that I like to think about. And that's like, how you spend your day is how is how you spend your life, right? Like how, wh- what you're doing in every day is how you are spending your life. And sometimes we don't like to think about that, right? Because maybe today was crazy, but maybe if every day is uh, you're spending your time in ways that you don't want to be spending your time, like there's really something to examine there. So I'm wondering for you, um, you know, how did you start your decluttering journey? Did you, were you like over the top, you know, I mean, did you just have a moment where you were like, oh my God, this stuff is driving me crazy.
1: I mean, so our, my story is really unique. I actually did not know that decluttering was a thing. Like, I don't think it was even a word in my vocabulary. And we did it back in 2013 when we left Alaska, the place that we were born and raised had three kids. And we moved to Florida in about a month.
0: And (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Alaska to
1: Florida. That's such a crazy range. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like the (laughs) furthest you can go. Staying on the continent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we decided to move Alaska to Florida to pursue an opportunity for my husband. And we did it so fast that we just only brought a suitcase of stuff per person, you know, a suitcase of clothes, a suitcase of toys. And we did that because first of all, it's it's really expensive to ship your stuff, especially that far. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make any sense to leave a storage unit full of stuff, you know, 4,500 miles away. And who knows when we would get to it. And so my husband was like, we'll just start over. And of course, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that was wow. my first concern. It's like, what about our beds? What about toys? What about clothes? Like, what about literally all of this stuff? And so we did it and we got to Florida and It was awesome, but like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. And we only had three kids at the time, now we have five. And it wasn't until four years later, obviously we accumulated more stuff, um, I don't recommend only having a suitcase of stuff. Like that's not,
0: that's not <laughs> super, the point, <laughs> super minimal. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, like when I go, uh, we've gone, we like to, we do some lo- longer trips sometimes and like, I'll live for like three weeks out of one suitcase or four weeks out of one suitcase. And sometimes that feels like really liberating to me, but it's, <laughs> it's not personally, I'm not, I'm certainly not that minimalist at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a really good experience because I've I've, ha- I've had the experience and nothing bad happened. In fact, many great things happened. Like I I haven't been behind on laundry since then. And that was kind of like my, my life, right? Like on weekends, you just do 10 loads of laundry and try to get caught up and hope that you do. And if you don't, just wait until the next weekend and, and try it again. And same thing with dishes and just cleaning up their toys and then adding in things like grocery shopping and... I didn't realize and I think it's so normal for moms to feel this busy and this overloaded with so many to-dos and it gets extra confusing because it's like you know we can't stop doing laundry we can't stop doing dishes you know we don't want our kids to have no toys mm-hmm. and so it's most honestly most of the ways that I help moms is like break that down and be like it's not you know you don't have to get rid of all of your clothes <laughs> you don't only have to have five pair of pants but like you don't also need 40 pair of pants per kid, right? You just need less. And so I had that really good experience of living with so little. And then we just never reaccumulated to the amount that we had before. And in 2017, I got pregnant again and I joined a due date group on Facebook, which is, do you know what those are? No, I just want to ask like, so
0: (laughs) did you have your, did you literally like have someone sell your, your, Bed and all the stuff in Alaska. Like what happened to all that stuff in Alaska?
1: How did that yeah. work? I got rid of it all. Um, so Alaska's pretty small. There was only one donation center that I knew of at the time. In hindsight, you know, I could have like Googled some more. I'm sure there were more local thrift stores, but I held garage sales three weekends in a row. The majority of our stuff didn't sell. I probably sold like five to ten percent of our stuff, which is pretty common for most people. Um donated most of it. And I got to a point where just people wouldn't take it for free because that's the nature of clutter, right? If it's clutter to you, it's clutter to somebody else. Like we all have the same kinds of stuff floating around. None of it's really unique. Um, And if it is, that's the stuff that sells. And so most of us are drowning in the same things, right? Most of us have bins of clothes for future kids saved in our closets or clothes that we're keeping for you know if we have more kids and what if it ends up being their favorite toy right and we got rid of it um and so i i i donated most of it and honestly it's it's a hard thing to tell strangers because i feel like people judge me for it but the donation center told me they didn't they weren't accepting donations from me anymore <laughs> cuz i was bringing so much stuff oh my
0: gosh
1: yeah and so We had flights to leave and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. You know, I'm like putting it up in our community, Facebook neighborhood group, because marketplace wasn't a thing yet. And a lot of it just ended up trash because nobody wanted, you know, a half full Ziploc bag of broken crayons and the donation Mm -hmm. centers wouldn't take it. And so that's where most most of it went was donations as much as I could, sold a tiny little bit of it. And a lot of it was trash because a lot of our clutter is glorified trash. Um, and there's, there's a ton of studies out there too, especially recently coming out more and more with how donation centers are even overwhelmed by this stuff. And the majority of the donations that they get, they can't sell. And so basically they are a middleman for the landfill. And there's a huge conversation <laughs> if you want to get into it, hmm. we can, but, um, a lot of times we think that donating is the solution you know, to our excess, to our clutter issues, but getting to the root of our overconsumption and why we buy things we don't need in the first place, why we, you know, we buy two and we get one free when we only need one. (laughs) Um, And that just the way that we can overconsume um, is, is a big conversation that we have in the Motherhood Simplified group as well.
0: We are sponsored by Midi Health. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, vaginal dryness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. All of these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around perimenopause and menopause, and the experts at MIDI Health understand what you're experiencing and how to help. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA approved solutions. MidiCare is covered by insurance, and with MIDI Health, you can stop pushing through it all alone. Schedule a virtual visit to discuss your symptoms and health background in depth. You'll come out of the experience feeling heard and with a plan to start feeling better. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit at joinmidi.com. That's join, dot com. joinmidi.com. Joinmidi.com. We are supported by Melon Headwear. These hats are perfect for Father's Day. They are built to be in and around water. They last five times longer than any other hat they're naturally antimicrobial properties. It doesn't, sweat doesn't break down the hat, no sweat stains, no smell ever. It's built for the water. We tested it tubing on the Brandywine River and it was fabulous. It even floats when it drops in the water. It doesn't lose shape. It is amazing. An incredible, comfortable fit. Use code mindful at checkout for 30% off your order. If you're trying to figure out a Father's Day gift, honestly, trust me, this is exactly what they want. Go to melon.com, that's M-E-L-I-N.com, and use the code mindful at checkout for 30% off. Melon rarely offers discounts, so don't miss this opportunity. It is, I swear, the perfect Father's Day gift. Premium headwear, melon.com, use the code mindful for 30% off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such an important thing to think about. Like when, you know, when my kids want something, you know, or whatever, it's just like, what is the ultimate destination of this thing? Mm-hmm. And is that, you know, I remember Sora really wanted one of those, like, it's like a plastic, it's like a solid, it's like a plastic, like bubble wrap thing. Basically it's, it's a fidget toy. She said it was and Oh yeah. was just poppers. Like, poppers. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> what the, no, no, I have, you know, absolutely like that. I could just see this is like a thing that's like being produced and then is going into the landfill. So it, <laughs> yeah, it is like this. I don't know. I know that whole desire to accumulate thing is like a, is, is a whole thing, right? Like, I think that's just kind of maybe innate in in us, right? Like we want (laughs) to gather, we want like actually for, you know, all of human history, like all of human evolution, like that's what we had to do was to sort of gather. And when we get, you know, if we got rid of something, it was a natural material that would decompose anyway. And so Mm -hmm. it's just this, like, now we're in this world where, where, where nothing goes away, but, um, but yeah, kind of, kind of that aside, I think we want to, I want, I think that what I love to talk about though is some of the, some of the, the practical things. So I I talk about simplifying in in mindful parenting. um, And we talk about simplifying uh, kids toys and, and, and uh, some other things, but what are some of the places for people to say, Oh my God, you know, I want more time. I want, I don't want to be an outrageous like consumer with oh, drowning my stuff. Um, what are some of the places where you recommend people start for, for decluttering?
1: Yeah. So there's two different ways that you can start. One is with the simplest, right? Cause a lot of times we're so overwhelmed and like have so much to do in a day already that the idea of going through and like decluttering the playroom, right. Or the bedroom that's full of toys. is just like, it's daunting, so if you can start with something very, very simple, very small, like under your kitchen sink or under your bathroom sink, is a really great place to start because there's likely a lot of trash. You'll likely be surprised by having duplicate items or at least duplicate products you know, that do the same thing. And you're like, why did I get three versions of the same thing? Or just find tools like cleaning supplies and tools that are, you know, they're old, they've lived their life, they can go or even consolidate things like bags of cotton balls or Q-tips because toothpaste, even if you're, have kids like mine who open them all, right? <laughs> okay, like, oh, why don't you disgusting. just use one? Krista, what do I do
0: about rags, right? So one oh, of okay. the things I have under my kitchen, my bathroom sink is like, I had a rag bag, but that rag bag has like grown because clothes get holes in them and you, you know, I just rip them up to make them rags. But then I don't like use the rags that much. <laughs> What do you do with rags? Like, what do
1: people do with that? Textile recycling. That's such a good question because a lot of people, that's one of the things, you know, we want to, we want to mindfully consume. We want to mindfully declutter, recycle, reuse. And the truth is, or at least the truth that I've seen, everybody can feel free to, you know, take their own truth, but we just have too much, right? We have too many pieces of clothing currently to turn into rags to use. That worked really well. I actually did a podcast episode with my grandma about this. And she was like, I used to do that with my clothes and I still do that with my clothes, but it was different because she's been able to kind of see the progression and the change. She was like, it was very different. You know, I made my kids clothes. They had seven full outfits and it could go through two or three kids. And by the end of that, I just had a little stack of clothes that I could turn into rags. It's different when we try to use that kind of a practice when we have mass produced clothing and closets full of clothes, like we don't need closets full of rags. And so one of the solutions that I found that a lot of moms use are textile recycling. And there's actually, a lot of them are popping up in like parking lots. If you just Google textile recycling near me, it just looks like a little Dropbox, almost like a little mailbox. You Uh can drop your, your clothing items in there so that they can get recycled into other things. And as far as the rags that you want to keep for yourself because i think that's really smart too like we should do that right if we have it why wouldn't we just use it um give yourself a boundary so one drawer right or one basket and once mm-hmm. it starts to get full you take it to the textile re- recycling or you go through and get rid of the ones that have been used up enough to where you can be like i mean clothing really is a consumable item technically it's not meant to last forever mm-hmm. so just go through and get rid of the ones that or are, are, they've lived their life and they can go mm-hmm. to the trash or some of the ones that you just have an excess of to be recycled. I think that's a really great option that's come out recently is the textile recycling. is becoming more mainstream.
0: Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break.
1: I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better
0: That's so cool. I'm going to have to look for that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited now that I have an option because I can do plastic bag recycling. I can do all this stuff, but um, what are, I mean, so it was funny because um, my, I, I asked my, uh, the team, the like mindful mama mentor team. I'm like, I'm talking to Krista. Yes. She's a decluttering expert. What are your questions? And so they gave me questions for you and they, they wanted to know, like speaking again of like, getting rid of some things. What, how do we get rid of um, things like electronics, medicines, cleaners? Like we go under that thing and we discover we've got like three different cleaners. What, how do we get rid of that stuff?
1: Yes. Okay. First, your team was amazing because all of their questions were all of the questions, like my top (laughs) 10 questions. So they nailed it. (laughs) Um, But first I'll say Google it because like in Alaska, we were so small. I didn't have a lot of options. When we lived in California, they had like recycling, specially specialty recycling centers for everything: electronics, gym equipment, clothing. Mm. Um, so Google it. Like electronic recycling is pretty common. Where you can just go mm. drop your electronics off. I would call your fire department or police station for things like medications, mm. um, because they properly dispose of that. I know some people. Like I didn't know these things. Like my community actually taught me a lot about these things. But some people were like, "Oh, just flush the medications down the toilet." Oh, yeah, no. You and people can't are do like, that. "No, <laughs> yeah, no." no. <laughs> um, you should
0: tell people why too, because that's important.
1: Yeah, it gets into the water supply. Um, and as my understanding is that it gets into the water supply and essentially is you're setting everybody up to drink your medications through the water supply. So, yeah, we don't first of all get a good water filter because. <laughs> It's yeah, important, happening,
0: right? Yeah.
1: yeah. But, yeah. and
0: all the things that come in, in the water, um, you know how there's all these like, uh, synthetic fleeces out, like everything, uh-huh. I, like everything right now is synthetic fleece yeah. and they're getting lit like that. Uh, when we put that through our wash and dryer, these little tiny bits of plastic go mm-hmm. into our water supply. And so we're all drinking little bits of water now. Our little bits yeah. of plastic now it's like in our fish and it's in our it's in us it's like it's in everybody apparently and so another good reason to have a good water filter and maybe avoid that synthetic synthetic fleece.
1: Yeah and that which I'm I'm probably currently oh. wearing <laughs> but I will Sorry, say like I'm I'm on a quest to be better about it because that also ties back to the conversation about overconsumption right mm. and and fast fashion and fast Literally everything, manufacturing of toys, our dishes, our furniture, like everything around us is produced in such mass amounts. And I think we forget that when we choose to consume it and create the demand for it, it doesn't just disappear, right? And it does end up in places like our water supply, which is crazy. There's it's really it's crazy to think
0: that our clothes end up in our water supply,
3: right? Yeah. That's
1: just so crazy. Okay, so
0: electronics, Google it, um, medicines, Google it, um,
1: cleaners. <laughs> Fire departments and police stations for medications and cleaners. And cleaners too? Yeah. Okay.
0: What, if we have like kind of all natural cleaners, I wonder if it's different. It's probably the same. I should
1: not make assumptions about my cleaners. I make assumptions about mine too. <laughs> <laughs> so I would call your police station or your fire department because they have the resources sources for that um but I feel like those are fine because that's what I use too but I don't know <laughs> we'll see. I might learn something else by following up with this after the oh, episode
0: back to cleaners though w- what about like cleaning wipes right like those mm-hmm. are everywhere now and I love them because they're super easy. I try to buy the biodegradable ones ultimately, but like what happens to wipes? I mean, I mean, maybe you're not, you're probably not like a recycling expert. I'm sorry that I'm just throwing this question at you.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know what happens with those, but I will say that decluttering helps you. I think my whole approach with decluttering for moms is to help them get clear about realistically, what do they have time for? Because I think a lot of times, especially when we try to go down the green paths, like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of time, it's a lot of money. It Mm -hmm. requires a lot of like shifting the entire like systems in your house that you have, right? Like if you're used to using those kinds of wipes, it's really hard to transition out of using those. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, But when you declutter and you give yourself more time, you're able to decide what kinds of things you want to do differently, right? Like maybe just switching dryer sheets to dryer balls. Um, or oh my God, my dog, <laughs> <laughs> your dog likes that. Our cats like them.
0: <laughs> we got these like wool dryer balls. I'm like, great. We'll just use these dryer balls. Cause I never even used dryer sheets, but I would have static anyway. Um, and, and the dog, like tears them apart and leaves these like tufts of wool all over the house if she gets at them, which unfortunately she it didn't take like it was like they lasted like a month or two. I was like,
1: oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Ours too. Our cats, our cats get ours. They're not as quick as a dog. But um
0: okay, so we we want to we can start with under the sink. That's a good place to start.
1: Start with under the sink.
0: What are some, some other areas Um, I like, I love to recommend like decluttering kids toys because it has so many benefits for kids to declutter their toys. And I think that we get surprised in, in thinking that like, we think, oh my God, I'm taking away from my child. And, but honestly, like I, every single time uh, like a mindful parenting member or has gone in and at least with a, a little kid gone in and just decluttered. It's amazing how much longer they play, how happy they are with it. Like they're so thrilled. And you know, I used to do like a kind of a toy purgatory where I'd keep the toy, the stuff around for a little while and just make sure it wasn't being missed. But is that a place you recommend? Yeah, uh, going in. Yeah, tell yeah. us about
1: it. Okay, I have so many things to say about toys because when we left Alaska, I was actually I'm a teacher by trade, Montessori trained, and I had a little school that I ran. I rented a thousand square foot house and just had a little um, in-home center basically so I could be with my kids and do what I loved. And I did not know about decluttering then. And it was probably more overwhelming to have the toy clutter there than it was to have it at home. And the kids were, in hindsight, I didn't understand this until I, you know, got out of that cycle. They were overstimulated. They were overwhelmed. They had way too many choices. They could not go deep in their play which I think is so important for kids. It's one of the things that I love about Montessori, which I got Montessori trained in Florida after we moved. And I was like, this would have been so helpful. (laughs) We moved to Florida with only one suitcase of toys. And I was convinced that my kids would, they would hate me. They would be upset. They would be bored. I really felt like I was being an irresponsible parent by like taking away all of these opportunities to learn. (laughs) Um, And when we got to Florida, the way that they played was so different and wonderful with like, I just don't have any other way to explain it. They played with each other. They played for hours at a time. Their creativity just skyrocketed. And I remember um, the first house that we lived in, we had this big blank wall and they just filled it up with like ceiling to floor because I let them have tape and just taped their pictures up on the wall. And they got so creative and they would create games and storylines with their stuffed animals, which we still have a decade later, almost a decade later of all of their little stuffed animals with like birthdays and businesses and storylines and like drama and families (laughs) and all of these things, because decluttering the toys really allowed them to actually go deep in their play, which I think is much more, I think for whatever reason, honestly, I think it's marketers who make us think this, that variety is better for kids. They need more. They need more opportunities, like more more variety, like different textures, different everything. And it it spreads them so thin that they don't really get to master their skills, which is a big Montessori concept of like mastery. Mm-hmm. And I think is something that even a lot of adults adults are missing, right? The ability to go deep with something and really master a skill or master anything, a relationship, your Mm -hmm. finances, your health. It's like, what can we jump to next and next and next and next? And so I'm super passionate about decluttering toys too. You don't have to get rid of all of them. Just like get rid of some of them. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw the same thing happen with my daughter with both of them. I remember the first time, like I was so scared. She was going to be so mad at me because I had like gotten rid of like 70% of her toys in from her room. And she was so happy she played for hours by herself she loved it and it kind of like set her she she's actually kind of declutters on her own now in her own room which is interesting daughter number 2 does not do that so i don't know maybe it was, it was the same thing but um but yeah like they would just take the whatever the toys that were there and go they would become all the different things right uh, yeah i think you're right like it's it's such a detriment to to have too much. And you really do see like incredible creativity blossom when you have things like art supplies and um uh, like a bag of scarves yeah. <laughs> and stuffed animals, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I yeah. saw it as well in classrooms because when I was living in Florida, I, again, I didn't really know decluttering was a thing or, or, or that people did it on purpose, but I always fell into these roles at every school that I worked in as the one to help them declutter their classrooms because they would be having behavioral issues. You know, kids, they're like, we can't get the kids to play with the toys. You know, they just want to throw the blocks. They just want to smash the markers. And I would come in and be like, just have less. And every time the teachers would be like, but we have so many kids, we can't have less. And every single time, like the very next day post decluttering, they would be like, the classroom is so quiet. Right. And it's because the kids actually could, they weren't overstimulated. They could actually see you know, one marker to use instead of like digging through and, and trying to decide which of the 30 markers they should use. Um, so I, I've been able to see the benefits for kids both in classrooms and at home. And it's it's universally very beneficial for kids to, to have
3: less. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence
2: All right. Not nothing,
1: just less. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the middle path. It's so makes so much sense. So I'm want to ask you about like family members who (laughs) push things on us. But first time my my team really wanted to know about pantry organization. Should we be using food containers, storage containers or not? And I actually have this question too, because I used to like have all of my like nuts and I'd put them in jars and it looked really pretty, but then I was like, it comes to me in a bag. Why am I taking it out of the bag of creating a jar? But now I have too many bags and I can't find the bag of walnuts versus the bag of almonds. I don't know. Help me, Krista, please. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> so this is a good question and it's always the annoying answer because it really depends. It depends on some specific things. First of all, how much space do you have, right? Because we've lived we've lived in an RV where we're like, I don't have space for that. <laughs> I just don't have space for it. You might live in a house that doesn't have a pantry. So do you even have space to add in more containers? The second thing to consider is like, how do you, how do you want to use the stuff, right? Do you want to just grab the snack and go, or do you have kids that you need to worry about them? You know, if you buy glass containers, are they going to break the glass containers? And how much time do you have to put into it? Right. Cause I've had seasons of my life where when we have Teeny tiny kids, like the last thing I want to do is dump flour into another container
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I've got a baby on my back and she's hungry and the toddler's crying. <laughs> so, really, like, does it, does having it in a separate container work better for you or not? And I like to share the flour example because that was a few years ago where I was just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to worry about an extra container. It sounds so silly. It's an, but it's really an extra step that I just don't have time for. But mm-hmm. now, that my kids are a little bit older, we do have the containers because first of all, I like the way that it looks. Second of all, we have the space to fit them comfortably. And then after 2020, I decided that I wanted to store things in a little bit more of a sustainable way so that I could have Mm -hmm. larger amounts Mm -hmm. um, and without it going bad. And so Mm -hmm. I'm in a place now where I have time to take the extra steps to like pour it through and wrap it up if it doesn't all fit into the container, right? Which is super annoying to like, Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Just just little things to consider. Like, do you have the bandwidth to deal with those things? And if Mm -hmm. you don't, it's okay. Like it looks really nice to have a finished product that way. Um, but it doesn't always, it's just not always the season of life for you to have that. I dream of the day where I can have my entire life that way, (laughs) but with five kids, I just do it the ways that I can for now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really. How much happiness is your Instagram pantry going to give you, you know, like yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's the time factor. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, we, my team members have some family members who really want to show their love with the toys. And so mm-hmm. one, one member, she, she has like the in-laws and the parents are local. So they said, she said, listen, it's great that you want to buy them stuff we have too much here so please keep the things you buy them at your house mm-hmm. which i thought that was pretty smart but that's not going to work for everybody and then we had one uh one set of grandparents who were like i'm buying you a full sized arcade game for christmas and she's like no so yeah. what do we what can we do when we're trying to get rid of stuff and your our parents our grandparents are just like bringing more and more stuff in all the time.
1: Yes, okay. So, so there's, there's <clears throat> a lot of different points that come together for this. <laughs> I want to first say that I feel everybody's pain on this. I was gifted a ball pit with 600 balls at the oh beginning no. of the pandemic and two toddlers and I was like thank you. Like I know that gifts are an expression of love. Thank you and this makes my life So hard. (laughs) Um, So the first thing to consider is that is what have you communicated with your family? I think a lot of times we get frustrated by these things or overwhelmed by them, forgetting that we haven't said anything and nobody, you know, we all are focused on our own lives and nobody really knows what you're doing inside of your house, right? Nobody really sees you decluttering on the weekends or listening to podcasts about simplifying, like they just don't know. And so on their end, they're just like, We love them. We love the kids. This looks so much fun and they want to give it to you, not knowing that you're doing all of this stuff. So the first thing I always like to start with is what kind of conversations have you had with them yet? If any, how is it received? And to make sure that you share from your own perspective, instead of being like, please don't give us stuff, right? Or especially around the holidays or birthday times, people are like, well, just give us an experience, which is confusing for people to hear They're like, I don't know what that means. Right, hmm. and it's kind of difficult to just buy somebody a Zoom membership because they're expensive. And you're like, "Well, I was going to buy like a twenty to thirty dollar gift, and now you're asking for two hundred dollar <laughs> Zoom membership." Like, I don't really know what to do. Like, it doesn't yeah, translate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great to be specific in what you ask for, but instead of trying to focus on like, "I wish you would do this," or "I wish you would not do this," say, "I've really been changing things in our house. We've been." having the kids have less toys out and they're playing so much better and talk about what you are doing and talk about how much you love it and how great it's going for you and the changes that you've noticed. And then you can work into, and we'd love for you to support us in this. It would be awesome if, you know, instead of buying them all of these toys, maybe you got us like hot chocolate kits. So we made like hot chocolate bombs, which are really fun. And you came over and we had to do hot chocolate bombs together. That would be so much fun. Um, but I think a lot of times it's natural, right? because we feel we feel a little bit threatened. we feel like all of our work is going to come undone and so we get into defense mode of like trying to control them and what they do or don't give. Um, so start by sharing those conversations in that way. And if they don't listen to it, that's a different conversation. But and if they don't listen to it, the thing to remember too is that you are the gatekeeper of your home. You get to decide, if the stuff stays, you get to decide if your kids even get to know that it showed up on the doorstep, right? Or you get to decide and have those conversations of like, this really isn't working in our house. We don't have room for the arcade game. I don't have the sanity for the ball pit. (laughs) Like I've got to get rid of it or whatever it might be, but you are, it's your home and gifts are an expression of love. The gift is in the giving right? The gift is when somebody thought of you and was like, I wanted to give this to you. It's not in keeping things forever. Most things aren't meant to be kept forever, but because we are humans and we care about the people who care about us, we don't want to hurt their feelings and get rid of that stuff or feel like we're wasting their money. Um, But it it always comes back to advocating for yourself and your house and your kids and your desires of how you want your house to be. And you can do that without guilt.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah, our, our in-laws can't read our minds. Our (laughs) our parents can't read our minds. You know, we can, if we can have the conversation maybe well ahead of time about how, you know, overwhelming we've felt, you felt it's, you know, to have all the stuff and how good it's felt to get rid of stuff and how much easier life is when you declutter, like those are the things you want to share. Right. I, I love that, that kind of bringing them in on the inside of your journey rather than just kind of focusing on their behavior. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And it didn't change overnight for you either. It wasn't like you just woke up one day and you're like, I'm having no clutter. I'm getting rid of everything, right? Like you have your own process too. And so essentially you're inviting other people into that process. So have realistic expectations, right? If you tell them on December 16th that you've completely changed the way that you do toys in your home, don't expect that (laughs) Christmas that year for them to be totally on board. It might be next Christmas or two Christmases from now that they're like, okay, like taking them ice skating would be a great alternative to, you know, than a pile of toys. Right. So be patient with them too and know that they're not always on, on the same page as us and that's okay.
0: All right, cool. So it's January when we're listening to this. So I know that you've got, dear listener, you have all year (laughs) to express what's going on in your house with your family. Um, This has been awesome. It's been so good to talk to you about this. I I always feel inspired when, and I love your practical message. That's not like I'm not going to just like have you know, three (laughs) pairs of pants and four or five tops, but I'm, I'm going to be, you know, this is a middle path. This is about reducing and having more time. The more we reduce, the more we have more time, more freedom, more energy, less of it spent on care and maintenance. And, and, and that's um, beautiful. So What I know we, there's so many things we couldn't talk about. There's so many tips I'm sure, but is there anything that in particular that we missed that you want to, that might help the, uh, help us begin with this decluttering journey with the right attitude this year?
1: Yeah, I would say, I think that for a lot of us, it, it's over, it feels overwhelming to start and it feels confusing to start. And it's because we're coming at it from like our emotional standpoint, right? The emotion of feeling overwhelmed or feeling guilty or feeling worried about not having enough or worried if I get rid of it, what if I need it in the future? And so, if that's you, which is most moms trying to figure out, like, even overwhelmed by the time, how do I figure out how to find time for this? Try to find just one small thing. Like, the most impactful thing that I've seen in our community of moms decluttering is to find just one thing that they can declutter. Like literally just one thing that they can declutter that day and get rid of. And it always spirals into like, there's this one thing on my kitchen counter that's really frustrating me, right? It's like a pile of paper and you just go through it real quick, get rid of the things that are actually trash. And then it trickles into other areas of like, I did the kitchen counter space and then I was able to move on to the 100 sippy cups and I got rid of some of those. And so just finding one one teeny tiny thing you can do, right? One thing under your sink that's really simple. It doesn't have to be diving into your your deepest, most sentimental memories of like your baby's clothes and stuff like that. Like just focus on one little thing that's not emotionally charged. You don't have strong ties to, and that will give you a little bit of momentum to keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna think of everything as a little bit more freedom, a little more time, a little mm-hmm. more ease. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, This is awesome, Krista. I'm um, Thank you so much. I'm sure this is going to be helpful for all of us trying to declutter a little and, and have a little more freedom. So where can people find out more about you and what your, where are your, all your tips for decluttering and inspiration for that?
1: Yeah. So thank you for having me. First of all, thank you everybody for hanging out. Um, if you just go to motherhoodsimplified.com you can find everything I have to offer the Facebook group, which is really active. I know not a lot of people are on Facebook or want to be on Facebook, but our Facebook group is about 37,000 moms, highly active, highly engaged, super positive. Instagram. I have a podcast where I've got lots of little nuggets for you to get started and get going and work through all of the things that come with decluttering as a mom. Um, and it's all there motherhoodsimplified.com. Awesome. All right, well, check it out,
0: dear listener. Krista, thank you so much for spending the time with me today and and helping us to, to re-energize our decluttering efforts. I'm i feel I can feel the decluttering energy within me. I'm like yes. already making plans. <laughs> yes,
1: thank you so thank much you. for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I, I really enjoyed talking. Krista, it has been an inspiration for me. Actually, to be honest, I've did a whole bunch of decluttering, and now I have a bunch of stuff in the back of my car. I've got to declutter the back of my car and take the things to like Goodwill and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's amazing how much all that stuff clutters up our lives. So I hope you appreciated this episode. Hey, remember to subscribe if you enjoy the podcast. Uh, it's such a, a great thing to do. And another great thing to do is to 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 take a screenshot like of listening to it right now you know how you take you i don't know at least on my phone i press like the two side buttons on my phone takes a screenshot post that on your instagram stories tag me at mindful mama mentor and you can tag krista too at motherhood simplified and let us know what your takeaways are or just let us know that you're loving it and i that just oh my god it makes my day so much so i hope you're feeling inspired and motivated and i i'm thank you so much for listening and I wish you a beautiful week. Um, I wish you peace and ease and connection and all the things that make life truly, truly enjoyable. Thanks again so much for listening. Namaste.
3: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood.